Welcome to the At The High Podcast, part of the SB Nation Network of Podcasts. I am your host, Zach. Zach, the Hornets are in the playoffs if the season <laughs> ended today. Yes, like they the, are. Not even in the, the play-in games, the well, actual playoffs. Well, I guess they would be in the play-in games. It depends on how they would do tiebreakers. But if they didn't have play-in games, the Hornets would be in the playoffs. Because the, cor- the Hornets are currently... good. They'd face the 76ers, who yes. um, has maybe dominated us. I was going to say we have a real shot there. I want to have a shot based on what we've seen this year. Um, so the Hornets, since since we last talked, have had quite the uh, the roller coaster. We talked about them having their big wins uh, against the Pacers, Bucks, and Heat. Then they lost to the 76ers because that's what they do. And then they lost to the Jazz, who, as a tangent, I am amazed at how good the Jazz are. Like They're, they're really great. They're, they're together as a team. Yeah. They've always you know they have good players but they're really coming together as a team and they're going to be a power in the west um it'll be interesting to see how they translate from regular season mm-hmm. to the playoffs because it's a huge change especially for a team that isn't used to this type of success but they've been playing amazingly yes and it's it's i feel like last year people were like oh jazz sneaky title contender and then they disappointed and now they're doing it this year but like they're unstoppable. No shame in losing to them by 17 because it was, I feel like it was closer than 17. The Hornets kind of fought through it pretty well. And then the Jazz just got hot near the end, like in the fourth near, quarter and uh, ran away with it. In the fourth quarter. Yeah. And that's in the do. fourth quarter is where the Jazz have been winning games. They yeah. they have been completing the game. And we'll talk a little bit about the Hornet struggles. A lot of times the, the struggles seem to come in that third quarter lull. Mm. Um, but the Jazz know how to finish off a game, know how to get the W, and that's why they're number one in the West. Yeah, but then the Hornets bounced back to it to their credit and had back-to-back blowout wins by with 119 points to something less than 100 over the Wizards and the Rockets. Um, laid an egg, and then we'll talk about these in more detail. Laid an egg against Memphis, had a tough game against Minnesota and the loss of the Spurs, and now we're here with... Uh, a couple games postponed because of what happened against the Spurs, but going back and kind of that whole thing is uh, that whole stretch as a single entity, the Hornets, what are four and four since their trio of wins over playoff contenders. Um, I don't really have anything about that stretch. that I think that stands out to me as like better than expected or worse than expected. Do you No, you got to think about, so we're in late February. Mm-hmm. We have a shortened schedule. So, the, this these are really like the late April games right now. This these mm-hmm. are the dog days of the season where you're trying to figure out are we going to be in the playoff hunt? Should we start thinking about trade candidates, that kind of thing, or yeah. you know should we start thinking about position in the draft and where we need to be, who we need to develop to grow into a better team next year? Um, and the Hornets are right there on the cusp, almost like we always are, Jonathan. Where it's like, <laughs> hey. We're showing some real spirit here. There's some stuff to grow on here. What should we do? And that's what those games illustrated to me is like, hey, you get the wins against the Wizards, against the Rockets, against the Timberwolves, and then you see like the Grizzlies have kind of a a, a franchise night for three pointers and beat us. The Spurs do the thing. Two things about the Spurs game: a there was nobody to play on the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, we had seven um, players, seven active players, and Nick Richards never hit the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
or I think it was with eight players, and Nick Richards never hit the floor, so it was seven players who actually played. Seven. Yeah, when Grant um, got hurt. Yeah, and then the Jazz, who are title contenders. I mean, we and the 76ers, who again are title contenders, we won the games that if if we're going to be a competitive team, we should win, and mm-hmm. we lost the games that we're going to lose. The other thing about the Spurs win is that there was a time there late in the second quarter, beginning of the third quarter, where uh, the Hornets are going to win this game. Hey, we <laughs> yeah. win this game. And then Greg Popovich, if there's five, like two, a Zachary Brown, a Jonathan DeLong, a Chase Whitney, <laughs> like it doesn't matter who's on the court for Popovich. He knows how to scheme to get that team to a win. It's amazing to see even late in his career. Yeah. And then with, yeah, with the Spurs, so I was just looking, they had uh, eight active players and then Devontae went out. So seven players, well, nine active players, but Nick Richards doesn't count because he's clearly not going to play right now unless he has to. So basically eight available players, practically speaking, and then down to seven for the second half. Um, yes, and, and I don't want to get too deep in this because I know our sister podcast at the Hive Live, which everybody should listen to, talked uh-huh. about it a little bit. But if if Nick Richards is a break in case of emergency type of player and seven <laughs> active players isn't the case of emergency, <laughs> I don't know what is. I mean, yeah. what, what, do you I think don't know. that that JB is just protecting him? I, what is going on there, do you think? I think, yeah, I think they have a plan for how they're going to develop players. And from from how they talk, it seems like they have a very structured development program in place for everybody and i think the plan as best they can is for nick richards to like observe and get better at practice and then you know and learn when he's he's mentally ready when he gets on the court because i think physically he's probably ready um and i think they're trying as best they can to stick to the plan by any means necessary even if it kind of comes at a little bit of a cost um i think they don't want him to go in and be overwhelmed because i do think there is this element of comp- like I don't think confidence is appreciated enough when we talk about basketball players and the success they're having because it's a huge basketball is very much because it's so fast and it's so read and react that if you're not playing confidently, you can't be good. And so it's very easy as a young player. If your first experiences are very negative as a young player and you lose that confidence, like right out of the gate, it can be very hard to kind of get the, to get the uh, train back on the right track. So I understand. That, I understand it from that sense. Yeah, that makes sense. When you see someone like Xavier Tillman on the Grizzlies, um, mm-hmm. when we played them on February 10th, get minutes, yeah. play really good in the game, and and not only is Nick Richards not in the game, not only is Nick Richards, do we not have a lot of film, you know, to see whether or not he can gain that confidence, see whether yeah. or not he can be competitive in an NBA game. It's just hard to I I guarantee there's a reason behind it it's just hard from the outside to understand why especially when and you know we don't want to drill him into the ground but bismack (laughs) biombo is just it's just a black hole uh out out on the court yeah it's i understand yeah it's it's very easy and i mean i'm in that camp too where it's like i want to watch i want to see nick richards play because i just want i want to see what he has uh the coaching staff doesn't really have that same impetus because they see him in practice all the time so like, and obviously it's a different setting, but like we see nothing, so we want to see something. 
like the coaching staff has at least seen something and um not that they're infallible they don't have that same incentive that we do as fans to want to see a player play because they get to see that player all the time um so it's a different perspective but i do agree that we i would like to see nick richards play just because i want to see what he can do um more so than i am like a sure like sure that he's going to be better than what the hornets have been doing it's just more out of curiosity than anything sure and all the conversation with hornets fans on at the hive.com you know on the social media sites is centered around what will the charlotte hornets do at the center position and we know the answer isn't biz and we're looking for a different answer. We're yeah. you know, on with the backup center. We're looking for a different answer. And the more times you see Bismack Biombo out there, you're just like, if we, <laughs> if we know this isn't the answer and there's a potential answer on the bench, why can't we just see him? And you're right, Jonathan, the, the coaching staff sees him in, in practice, whatever practice happens nowadays. And so, and they have a plan, but man, it'd be great to see some, somebody else's face out there just to, just to see what would happen. Well, while we're talking about other faces, um, the Hornets are frequently linked to other players in the trade market. Um, they're always bigs. And is there anything you want to talk about in general before we get into this um, with the games? I think we kind of, t- like, kind of just hit it highlights they the hornets are fine nothing great nothing bad it's kind of expected the grizzlies gate the grizzlies loss was kind of a bad loss in a vacuum because you could probably you could say the hornets were the better team but no team is going to go through a season and never lose to a team that's worse than them that's just not how basketball works no and i mean if you were a hornets fan you should be relatively happy with how the season has gone you know we're three games back from the third seed it's it's we're in the playoff hunt. This is where you want us to be coming up to that trade deadline mm-hmm. on the 25th of March, 23rd of March. Somewhere in there. You know, it, ch- it changed this year. That's why I don't know there. Yeah, normally I know off the name. top of my head. Just Yeah. Um, so this is where you want to be 25th. so that you have the ability to make the decision, hey, should we invest some draft capital? Should we invest uh uh, invest some talent to get someone in that center position or should we think about next year um so yeah that's that's the only comment i would have about the yeah. games we've seen previously um so with the center position <laughs> the two names well we'll talk about the one name that has been rumored to trades uh i can't remember who somebody tweeted it i think it was like russell varner on twitter former at the hive uh writer many many years ago i guess back up and rufus on fire maybe i don't know uh hornets have been linked in to andre drummond like every year since like 2015 and he's and we're back to the andre drummond rumors once again i bet you could do like a time machine sound and then go <laughs> back to a conversation that we had last year about andre drummond i think uh, it, it, it He's basically a Hornet at this point because he's been talked about with the Hornets so much that, like, somebody has been incepted into thinking that Andre Drummond has been traded to the Hornets before. But, um, Jonathan, if he's a Hornet, can we get him on the flipping court? (laughs) (laughs) What would you, okay, before we talk about this logistically, actually, I'm going to do this. We're going to get into it logistically as a unit. The other name that I've seen pop up, and this one is way out of left field. And I want to talk about it first without talking about the logistics of it with the cap is up. The other name that's come up 
a little bit, a little more in the background is Blake Griffin. Another, well, this one, he's a current piston. So, like, say he gets bought out instead, and we won't talk about it, so we'll talk about it from that sense. What do you think of just, like, dropping Blake Griffin, the player, on this Hornets roster right now? But before I'm going to answer that with a question, just because Mm -hmm. I want to know how much of Blake have you seen this year? How much of Blake did you see last year in games that weren't against the Hornets? This year, none. Last year, uh, a handful. Okay. So what I hear, and this is why, you know, I like to talk about the Hornets because I watch the Hornets. I haven't seen a lot of Blake Griffin. Mm -hmm. Um, What I hear is that he has no spring. And if the boy doesn't have a spring, I don't know what else he has. That's why he was part of the um, Lob City uh, with the Clippers. If he can't jump, you know, I haven't heard that he's developed a three-point shot like um, the Milwaukee Bucks center. I haven't heard that he has become like an assist kind of big man. I don't see how he would fit. He would seem like another piece that would not fit in a that wouldn't solve for the need that we have uh, which is a a rim protector which is someone who is able to get rebounds and to score easily in front and from what I hear and from the statistics he's not doing that this year yeah so I did not realize how bad he's been this year um so the big memory I have of Blake Griffin like he was an all so people forget Blake Griffin was an all star his first full season in Detroit. He averaged 25, 8, and 5. Um, his last two years, he's only played 38 games of the last two seasons, but he's played most games this year and done poorly. So I don't know what he has in the tank right now, but I will say if he can have anything close to what he used, not like the athleticism, obviously, but he is a very skilled player. If he's healthy enough, um, but it was really funny. Is he's he'd almost be he'd have to be a center here, like he'd have to play the five full time. And I think he might play better that way, whether if he wants to play that way. But he'd almost be like having, as weird as this sounds, like a more skilled but less athletic Cody Zeller. Huh. Like he's less athletic. Calling Blake Griffin less athletic than anybody is weird because of the you know the Blake Griffin we remember from his Clippers days. Right. But he's very skilled. Like he can run the offense, like he can run an offense and he's a great passer for a big. I just, I don't, like I said, I don't really watch him closely enough to know how good he is defensively or how, like why he's playing or putting up such bad numbers this year. I don't know if he's just like so immobile that he just can't create any looks or if he's just the last couple of years, which is a problem in his own right. But the idea, if, like I said, if we if he gets bought out, which is a possibility, which I don't know how that works with him having two years on his contract, I wouldn't mind seeing like I wouldn't mind that just because I think he does fit from a versatility standpoint, even if he doesn't have the pop that he used to. Yeah, the, the the with the down with the caveat that he's been like horrific statistically this year, and I don't know like how to explain that, so I could be missing something that he's just completely done because he is old, way over the hill at nearly thirty two years old. For sure, and you're losing what four inches if you replace him with Cody Zeller. Uh, he, like he's, two. 
maybe three he's, inches, two inches. Yeah, he's six nine. Okay, sure, three inches, something like that. Yeah, he's hasn't played the center most of his career. And then the big question is, and I'm, I'm, you know, you decided to take this off the the conversation shelf, is that if he doesn't get bought out, and yeah. you trade for him, it's it's twenty nine million yeah, yeah twenty nine point that's no no I'm sorry excuse 30. me thirty six point six million this <laughs> yeah. year and thirty nine million yeah. the next year. Yeah no uh, that won't work. <laughs> no not at all. And if he gets bought out Jonathan the Hornets aren't usually a landing spot for someone like no that, that would yeah I know. Yeah, but you know, you know maybe people... <laughs> the Lakers take a flyer on him or something yeah. like that. No I know. It was and just I, an interesting thought. Sure and like I would with Blake Griffin specifically, I wouldn't want him even as a buyout player because I would want those minutes to go to PJ. I want uh, uh, PJ to have as much time as possible to learn the center position and to learn how uh, James Borrego wants him to play the center position because although you know, there is a perception that he has struggled because his numbers are down this year, mm-hmm. he's actually evolving into the future of the center position for the Charlotte Hornets, which could turn out to be, you know, a competitive playoff team in the future. Yeah. And taking away those minutes is, is not what I'm here for. Yeah, I do. I've had this conversation elsewhere. I think as Hornets fans, I think, and just people who like watch the team and analyze the team, I think, PJ going forward needs to be looked at as a center slash four, like a five slash four, like as a center, as his primary position. And he can play the four because I think that's what the coaching staff wants from him long-term. That's where the Hornets have been best is with him at the center. And that's where he's been best is playing as a center. And I know he's small and there are drawbacks to him as a center. Like the rebounding is a problem and the defense can be this, but the, that like, that's just part of basketball. Like, there's pros and cons to everything. So, sure, you, and the, you'll and take the pros a, a, are, yeah, yeah. The pros are you have a, a five who can shoot a three pointer, who can handle the ball at times, and mm-hmm. and cut to the basket and and be uber athletic. That's yep. what that's the pros and the the cons are that you know the rebounds suffer and the, at least initially the defense is suffering. But are you a belie- I'm a believer that the defense can get better with oh, him yeah. at the five. So the um, defense, the only problem the defense is having is that they're giving up offensive rebounds and they're fouling too much. And the fouling is a PJ problem that he has where he gets a little a little grabby or a little handsy with people. Um, but if the Hornets can tighten up the rebounding, it's fine. Because the opponents shoot worse against the Hornets with P.J. on the floor. The problem is they get enough of their offensive rebounds to make up for it. Right. But the def- like the Hornets force more turnovers, and they allow or they force their opponent to shoot a lower percentage with P.J. at the five. Um, and if you can do both of those things, you're doing something right. The only thing is, like I said, getting those rebounds. But uh, this little fun fact, rebounding actually doesn't really matter. As much as that's as weird as that is, and I and it does matter to the extent that the Hornets are giving up like an absurd amount of offensive rebounds to where it does start to matter. But if you can get to a level, it's like a, it's kind of like a pass fail thing in a sense. Like if you there's a level that you can get to where that's like acceptable, yeah. Like the difference between an being an elite defensive rebounding team and an acceptable rebound defensive rebounding team is nothing. Like 
bad like once you hit this threshold of being acceptable you get the there's like diminishing returns on getting better so like if that if that makes sense so no it makes perfect sense yeah and the the next candidate we're going to talk about can improve that rebounding be a defensive stalwart uh at the five and score points and be someone who can be a contributor on the offensive side as well do you mind if i i oh let's go there transfer to him Perfect. Andre Drummond has stopped playing games for the Cleveland Cavaliers because they are shopping him around to teams. I had a discussion um, with the Locked On Cavs co-host, um, Evan Damarell. Excuse me, Evan, if I'm messing up your, your last name. I'm sure he's listening. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he listens every minute. Um, and we just kind of batted around the idea of what it would take to get Andre Drummond to the Hornets. Mm -hmm. As you said, we've been talking about Andre Drummond for years and years um, as a potential Hornet. When he had a long contract that was very expensive, I was very against him coming to this team um, because of my idea that you shouldn't spend a bunch of money at the five unless it's that kind of future PJ five who can shoot the, the outside shot. So they're shopping him around, one year left on his deal, you know, but a massive amount of money. So you have to find somebody who can trade an equal equal value for that money. Mm. And I said, I, I thought I was starting off the conversation, Jonathan, with something like Malik Monk and Cody Zeller. Yep. Like, hey, that gives you a potential, you know, what you're kind of looking for is a potential player who may work out in mm-hmm. Malik Monk. Cody Zeller is going to give you, what, 70% of what Andre Drummond could do? Probably 65, but I'm going to say 70 because <laughs> I'm trying to get you to take him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, with with Cody Zeller's, like, 17 million, 18 million this year, mm-hmm. and Malik Monk's five, you kind of get to the numbers. I think there would have to be um, one one more player, this Dean Wade guy uh, that Cleveland would have to throw in. So the eventual trade, you know that 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 passes on the NBA trade machine is Cody Zeller, Malik Monk. And you're probably going to hate this, Bismack Biombo. Oh no! Yes, for, for Andre Drummond and this Dean Wade kind of two way player. My question for you is. Do you clean the slate at the center position and say, hey, here's both of the centers who have played 100% of the minutes minus PJ <laughs> at the center position um, for Andre Drummond um, and Malik Monk, who, you know, I know there's a lot of stands out there. Uh, yeah. Would you do that and then kind of require yourself to A, you know, <laughs> you bring up keep Drummond. Nick Richards or something like yeah. that? Yeah. So, yeah, you would, I think the plan would be in that case to go all of your be Drummond and PJ, which would be fine. Um, and then Nick Richards is the the third center, and he would have to play, unless you want to go Miles Bridges at center, which has also actually been okay. Um, which at the rate we're going would probably end up being Miles Bridges would be center number three, and then Richards would still be center number four. But um, <laughs> I don't hate it. <laughs> so that's the kind of commitment i love you don't it's it. it's tough well it's just it's it's very tough because like um because we know cody fits so well with this starting unit and you would hate to give up cody but i guess that's kind of the price you pay so there's like a little bit of a risk there 
Um, I think Drummond is a better passer than he's given credit for. He showed that for a little bit in Detroit before they traded for Blake Griffin. And then honestly in Cleveland, I just think he doesn't care. I think he's just doing whatever he wants. Um, so I'm not super concerned about his stats that he's putting up in Cleveland. Um, if doesn't care is 17 and 13, <laughs> 17 points, 13 rebounds a game. If yeah. that's doesn't care, let's trade for him tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the sense that like he's his assists are down from where they were that season in Detroit. Sure. And then his, sure. his field goal percentage is way down. But like we watched the Cleveland game, the first game of the season, he was taking like elbow, like 20 foot jumpers and he's shooting like he's like doing like sky hooks and stuff like he doesn't care. He's not. He's okay with his efficiency going down. I don't think we see that if he's on a team that's actually trying to compete. Not for like a title, obviously, but you know, the Hornets are better than the Cavs. That's not huge news to anybody. I think here you see like a, uh, you'll get him back at like the 60% field goal percentage. Um, You know, he's just catching and dunking and making plays at the elbow and stuff. The only downside obviously is that he just like can't make free throws, which he's up to like, in the mid to high fifties last few years, he's been around 60. So he's, it's not like the travesty it was when he was a rookie, but I wouldn't hate it. The thing is, is like, if you go with Drummond and I guess you could kind of, the it's, I guess you could see this as a positive too, where it's kind of like a trial run. Cause it's his last year of his deal and you have his bird rights. So if you don't like it, if you don't like what you get out of Drummond, you can renounce those rights and you have all that same cap space you were going to have anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's no future commitment to that if you can get away with not giving up any other assets. Um, so like yeah, I said, I don't hate it. Not, yeah, that's a feature, not a flaw. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I realize that if it does work out really well, and then you have to re-sign him, you're re-signing him for a large amount of money. Um, yeah. But, I mean, if that's best case scenario. Um, let me ask you this, Jonathan. Does Would Andre Drummond be the answer to all the questions at the center position? And does that in some way create like a a higher ceiling when it comes to to playoff rounds? Like, do you see in in your craziest of dreams if we had Andre mm-hmm. Drummond? Is there like a God forbid an Eastern Conference championship run or something like that? <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, but maybe, but maybe like this is a Hornets can... podcast, right? <laughs> you can maybe. I think you could make yourself more competitive in the first round and then, uh, you know, maybe get hot and, and win a series. Um, especially if we get like, cause angle ourselves to play like the Celtics who just get like murdered by Drummond and his offensive rebounding every year. Um, well, and if, if the, if the playoffs started today, regular playoffs, we'd be playing the 76ers and Embiid has basically, ate the entire Charlotte Hornets roster for <laughs> for breakfast, lunch, and dinner when the 76ers have played the Hornets. And Andre Drummond could be an Embiid stopper, could be yeah. the answer to the to Embiid. Um, so that would be interesting. You know, I really think that someone's going to give a little bit more, um, even though there's only one year left on his contract. Maybe there's like a restricted first round pick or something like that. Yeah. And, I don't. I not only do I not think that Mitch Kupchak would do that. I don't think I would want the Hornets to sacrifice anything in the future to get yeah. Andre Drummond uh, for a one-year rental. Yeah, so I say, yeah, to give up a future asset for a trial. And the big appeal here would be able to get, like I said, like the half-season uh, free trial, basically, with only giving up the the free agents that we would have, like the guys that would be walking in free agency this summer anyway, to get Andre Drummond. And then I think. 
you're cool with that because you're basically just making you're basically doing what you could try to do this offseason in the sense of like you renounce Cody, Biz, and Malik and use your cap space to sign Andre Drummond. You basically just do that at the trade deadline. So right. in that sense, yeah. I guess it's a I don't I don't mind that one at all. That's that's really that way is that combination of players is the only way to trade for Andre Drummond. Um D, let me ask you, and then, and, right, and you know, wa- wa- waxing rhapsodically about who to trade for is one thing. Yeah, it is it an acceptable answer to say do nothing, don't don't trade for anybody. This this team has chemistry, if not you know consistent wins. They have chemistry. You don't want to mess that chemistry up. You're going to take away minutes, uh, PJ from the five. You know, now we're experimenting with Miles Bridges at the five. You know, if you bring in a traditional center who is going to require the ball, I mean, the man scores 18 points a game. He's going to want yeah. the ball. Um, you know, is an acceptable answer to say do nothing. And do you think that that's most uh, likely going to be the case at the trade deadline? I- I think that's most likely other than maybe like a little like bench for bench swap. Um, But yeah. And I think it is an acceptable answer because we do actually have flexibility this summer. I don't know how we'll use it or how useful that'll be, but you know, we're not, the Hornets are not gunning for anything serious this year. And there's not really any reason to like make any sort of uh, sacrifice, like future sacrifices to go from being like the seventh seed to being the five seed and losing the first round either way. Like who cares? <clears throat> so I, it, it, the Drummond one works out in the sense, like I said, like we talked about where it doesn't require anything in the future. Um, any other like splash trade that can potentially elevate the Hornets. I don't really think there is one. No, Miles, like Turner, you hear about Miles Turner, Miles Turner is probably, yeah. probably not coming. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Pacers have any interest in that. And I don't know what, hornets have to offer that's appealing to the pacers because they kind of they're doing fine how they are and i don't think there's anything on them other than they just have like a lack of star talent i don't and the hornets don't have any of that to give them so like that's not that's not really like there's no there's no really like mutually beneficial trade there no the trade to make would have been to get into the Nets Rockets trade like Cleveland did. That's worth sacrificing a first round pick for um, Jared Allen. um, Yeah. Because there's a future there, uh, but we weren't in that trade. Cleveland got them. And that's why they're in the position they're at. I, I, because we watch these games every night, I want them to make a trade and I want, it would be interesting (laughs) to see what kind of playoff run we could make with an Andre Drummond. But in the long run, like, as great as LaMelo has been, you haven't seen the best of LaMelo yet. Give him give him a year or two and watch yeah. him develop in this league. Yeah. Um. Yes. So with that, yeah, the, the most likely thing, as disappointing as it is, is that the Hornets will do nothing. And we'll all be like, what's Mitch kept, is Mitch Kepchuk even doing his job? But that's where we are right now. <laughs> um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back on the other side and do buzzing and wasn't and talk about some all-star stuff. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the High Podcast. About starting with 
buzzing or wasn't. Zach, who or what is buzzing? This is going to be an interesting one, Jonathan, because I don't really know what I'm talking about, which may <laughs> not be shocking to the people listening to this podcast. Well, what else is new, Zach? Yeah. <laughs> uh, top, top Shot. Um, uh-huh. I'm, so I'm going to try to explain what Top Shot is as quickly as I possibly can. And I think the easiest way to think about it is a blockchain trading card. So you, the NBA is involved in this, and it's kind of a merchandise deal where you buy, good lord, a piece of a blockchain. What do you? How do you refer <laughs> to something like that? Uh, which is a highlight reel. So it's like someone making a game-winning shot or an amazing dunk, and then it comes with like stats. It kind of looks like a cube or whatever. I don't really know. It's just all this stuff just goes over my head. However, my buzzin is Lamelo Ball's uh, top shot. Because it's you get Top Shot in a quote-unquote pack. You get a bunch of them, um, and it's like $300 to buy a pack. Um, and then you can trade your Top Shot or sell your Top Shot on a market. And LaMelo Ball's like rookie highlights are going for thousands of dollars on this market. Now, is this some weird cabal of like, hey, this is another worthless thing we're going to inflate the price of um, <laughs> so that people can lose money on, you know, uh, kind of like the GameStop situation? I don't know. I'm not an expert. As I said, I don't know what I'm talking about. But it's cool to see LaMelo Ball, a Charlotte Hornet, you know, playing in a relatively, not a relatively, an actual small market of Charlotte, North Carolina, <laughs> getting this much, much buzz around him. And since That's the buzzing. section is buzzing, in this buzz <laughs> you got yourself a buzzing candidate yeah i mean i again don't have any idea what any of that <laughs> right i don't now. know any i don't know what any of those words meant <laughs> no but i see like yeah you buy a you can buy a pack of cards or they, they're basically like buying a pack of cards it's basically digital like trading cards where you yeah, buy it's a, like a highlight yeah. yeah you buy a pack of highlights and then you can buy and sell them from others um, I don't know what, what all goes into them to them to make them worth buying as opposed to just like looking them up on YouTube. But uh, <laughs> exactly, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> but that's it. That's it's cool. That's it's besides cool that the point. Balls, the cool that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he's that valued of a commodity. And then along with the actual, you know, the the all the chatter he's been generating nationally uh, for all the 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 good stuff he's been doing, and he's been playing really well. Um, I do want to mention really quickly that Lamella Ball's stats as a starter that I'm talking really slowly to lead into so I can can look them up again. Love it. He is averaging, this is just normal talking voice, not stalling at all. uh, 100%. And I'm not feeling for you either. Yeah. As a starter, Lamella Ball is averaging 20 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists a game shooting 45% from the field and 44% from three and 90% from the free line. And oh, 1.8 steals per game. So yeah, he's doing pretty good. Are you not entertained? That is just, he's, you couldn't ask for that's better. Insane. Yeah. Somebody tweeted this back like maybe three weeks into the season. And it was like, I can't believe LaMelo ball is this good, this fast. And he's a Hornet. And I think that like every, I think that thought like every single game at this point, yeah, and also, and I don't want to get off the rails here because I know we're running long, but how do we get the Charlotte Observer to stop talking about sports just all together? All right. LaMelo <laughs> Ball, like we just, like you just rattled off his stats, having an amazing season. Charlotte Observer, hey, 
I was dead wrong about LaMelo Ball. I was dead wrong about him. <laughs> so couldn't be more wrong about him. That's not the end of the headline. But that doesn't mean he's doing everything right. Just, yes. just stop writing. You know what I mean? I was never going to get a Charlotte Observer job anyway. Please stop writing about sports. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sorry, Jonathan. No, no, argu- no, no argument. My, my, no arguments from me. My buzzin <laughs> is Vernon Carey Jr. Kind of. So... I'll start. We'll start with this. Vernon Carey Jr. is averaging like twenty. Where did it go? Like twenty five. We're, we're a doing game. a G League thing right now, aren't we, Jonathan? You're bringing yeah. the G League oh, yeah. in here. I am bringing the G League into it. Uh, Vernon Carey is averaging about twenty five points per game in the G League bubble. Um, the the problem he's there's other issues in like the way he's getting his points, but where there was concern about Vernon Carey because he wasn't playing and we weren't getting anything out of him, but He's been killing it in the bubble, which is what you want to see. He should be killing it in the bubble. And at least, at the very least, he's doing that. So, um, good job, Vernon. Uh, Jalen McDaniels did okay when he was down there. And Kobe Simmons has been playing pretty well, too. But uh, um, Yeah, I've heard tell of the Kobe Simmons thing. I know he had a, a good G League run last year. And he had times where he was on the actual Hornets roster. Have you seen the action? How how does the G League look? What is you know how is the bubble? Can you give us twenty seconds on the on G League action? I haven't gotten to watch a whole lot of it. I keep trying to watch it and then getting taken away by other things. But sure. um, I mean G League basketball and I, G League basketball in general is like the NBA, but they are not as organized on defense, and that's why it's, and they play a little faster. It's like it's like NBA with slightly more pickup vibes. And that's it gets to like 130 to 120 all the time. Gotcha. Um, but by the way, Vernon Carey's averaging 23.3 points per game, which is fourth in the G League right now. Um, so, it, I mean, it's good basketball. And then it's on in the middle of the day, too. So if you're looking for something, if you have ESPN Plus and you don't know what to watch in the middle of your day, it's on in the middle of the day a lot of times. And it's like it's entertaining basketball. It's good basketball. And it's a lot of names. Like most NBA teams have sent down several notable players um like jordan Poole is leading the g league in scoring and he was like a regular on the warriors last year um the, and then like jeremy lynn is down there trey jones um like a bunch of names that recognize from college and like that have actually been good players in the nba before and so like it's 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 worth watching if you have a chance to watch it malachi flynn who killed the hornets in the preseason is down there hitting a million three-pointers so uh it's 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 good basketball yeah, I'd, l- I'd like to. I'd like to watch it. I I spend too much time already watching basketball. <laughs> um, so my my wasn't. There's just yeah. a, a litter of candidates here, but I think what I'm gonna go with is COVID nineteen. Man, look, f COVID nineteen. Let me just <laughs> let me just be controversial here, okay? Like almost half a million people have died from this disease. Just in the United States. Just in the United Excuse me, I apologize. The G- GDP has gone down trillions of dollars. Unemployment is, is has skyrocketed. And they've delayed three Hornets games. I was supposed to write a review, Jonathan. <laughs> but uh, It was on the schedule. I saw it. I had signed up for it, and I was going to write it, too. A preview but, and a recap. That's two posts towards the quota, guys, that Zach lost <laughs> out on. 
It's very important. It's very <laughs> important. But, you know, I, and we're making light of it be just because we've been living with it for a year. And on yeah. top of, of missing Hornets games, you know, people's families have actually suffered. And I, on top, like, my basketball enjoyment has suffered simply because my headspace isn't there during the games. Especially yeah. when you've only got seven players playing because of COVID <laughs> protocols and you don't really, you don't have a second half of the season uh, schedule to, to organize, I don't know, your Charlotte Hornets blog around. Um, <laughs> it, it's just, it couldn't be worse. And, you know, we, we talk around it a lot and I just wanted to directly say F COVID-19. It, it's, it's, <laughs> It's just so frustrating, great. Jonathan, and I'm I'm the last person who needs to be talking about it because comparatively, I'm sure I'm very blessed. Oh yeah, uh, it's just <laughs> it's just very frustrating on multiple fronts. And basketball, which is a refuge for me, like a very much needed refuge for me, gets canceled because of it. Um, so my like my release doesn't happen not only the nba basketball but also pickup games i i can't embarrass myself in front of seven strangers <laughs> you know what i mean oh yeah it's i haven't played pickup worst. basketball in like a year and i miss it badly yeah but um, i'm sure somebody's like hey man i really wish jonathan DeLong would would be here because he could uh hit an open jumper or something like that nobody's <laughs> like hey man where's that five six dude who's always talking about uh, uh kemba walker but can't dribble between his legs where's that, the guy that guy? where's the guy that wears the Kimball Walker jersey, but can't dribble with one hand. hundred <laughs> percent. Anyway, um, I'm sorry, Jonathan. Who's your wasn't? It was going to be the Spurs for, for doing, basically the same reason. The Spurs oh, they had. Should, they should have to forfeit that win. They, poten- they potentially exposed the Hornets to COVID because they had one player, I guess, that was. I don't, so I don't really understand. I guess they had a player that tested positive. Did he test positive like after the game? Because obviously yes. they wouldn't have let him play. Okay, I think he like because they test some. This happened to um somebody. Uh, was it Kevin Durant who played like half a game? Yeah, and they took he, him out. Yeah, yeah. I think they got the results back late in the game and mm-hmm. they, or after the game and they yeah. realized that he was positive. Yeah, yeah. And then now it's up to they have like four players positive or something, and now the Hornets have these games postponed because they have to wait the requisite amount of time to make sure they don't start popping up positives for being close contacts. I don't know who the player was, um, so I don't know if they played or if they were just on the bench, but either way, uh, that's why we are where we are right now. Um, and co- so, look, you know, again, we're making light oh, of yeah. this. There are way more <laughs> issues with a pa- global pandemic. But the thing that we do to, like, not think about that stuff gets canceled because of this large global pandemic. It's just... yes. It, there's nowhere to go for us blog writers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's and that, yeah, we're we're doing this through the lens of from like a basketball perspective. Obviously, if sure. the worst that you're getting out of COVID is that you can't play or watch basketball, then you're doing you're you're living the dream. But viewing this strictly through the lens of basketball, it is it's disappointing that uh we are at where we are where we are, and that hopefully um hopefully we're getting we're on the back end of this just worldwide health wise too. And then I think life will get better and then basketball will be back to normal. And hopefully we're, we're not too far away from that point. Um, Who knows, Jonathan, you want to talk 45 minutes about variants? No. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, no, we'll, not we'll, next, 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 post, next, next podcast exclusively on the efficacy of the COVID vaccine and uh, other variants. Um, 
also, since I don't really, we don't really know what's going on with the Hornet schedule, so I don't think there's much point in, in previewing, like, oh, this is who they play next. Um, All-Star Weekend is coming up, and uh, breaking news, as we were recording the show, uh, they announced the starters, and none of them were Hornets. So, um, you can be mad about that. But Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. furious. Furious. So, they should all five be Hornets. <laughs> Four. Because <laughs> Cody Zeller's <laughs> not even in my dreams. Um, but Chase and, Chase and uh, James on I Thought Live talked about Cody, or not Cody, but Gordon Hayward as an all-star. So we're not going to talk too much about that because I don't think, I think he's the only Hornet that really has a case. I guess Terry Rozier is kind of climbing into that, but he's he the Hornets would have to be a better team for a player of Terry Rozier's caliber to be an all-star. Um, so with that out of the way, we need to find other ways to get the Hornets involved with All-Star Weekend. And so we're going to talk about the, uh, the, I guess it's like normally the All-Star Saturday night, but now it's just going to be at half, it's just the All-Star halftime show, right? Well, they're, so they're going to do the skills challenge and the three-point contest before the game. Okay, and then the dunk contest is the halftime show. And the dunk show. contest at halftime, which is cool, which I hope means the dunk contest will be abbreviated, which should have <laughs> happened 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And which would be awesome and the number one pick the number one pick for the dunk contest is miles bridges he had better be there with like a rick flair robe on um, <laughs> he's an amazing in the game dunker is he the best in game dunker of the nba right now i think the answer is yes Give he might be this else. year yeah, yeah. that he might be this year. and Am I wrong? Am I alone in thinking that as bouncy as he's been, he's a bit to his vert this year? You're you're saying that you think he is has less height on his jumps than he did. No, more. Previously? He's added. Oh, more, he's, he's jumping more. higher this year than he did in years past. As 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 high as like as much as crazy of a dunker as he's been his whole career. This year, I don't. It's like I don't know if it's just the frequency, but I feel like. There are these more of these dunks where he's going up and he's got like his eyes on the rim as opposed to years past where he was like aggressive, but he was like, he was like a really good dunker. And this year he's like an insane, like best in the league dunker. Sure. And I, 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 you know, I don't know about the vert, but what I think he has is a guy in LaMelo Ball who is always looking for the alley-oop. Oh, that I helps mean, too. Always looking for somebody to, to pass in the air. Um, or do those quarterback passes. And what's crazy, we have to get into it crazy, but Miles Bridges is starting to do these like quarterback passes uh, cross court, which is just great. Miles Bridges loves the last like three seconds of a quarter or like last two seconds of a quarter where he can just baseball pass it down the court. He's never never done that more in his life. And I feel like LaMelo has kind of empowered that or empowered his teammates to do that. And Miles especially has been much more daring with his passing this year. And it hasn't actually gone very poorly. He's actually done a pretty good job with it. Um, The skills, you say they are doing the skills challenge. So skills challenge, LaMelo Ball should do it, right? I guess. Yes. Yes. I'm not going to watch it. I never have watched it. I'm (laughs) never, it's ridiculous to, to, to try to do it like a standing pass into a basket has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with actual passing at all. Um, but yeah, yeah, they should, LaMelo Ball should be involved for sure in some way. 
Um, put yeah. him in a three-point contest. He won't win. <laughs> he won't even be close. But I'd love to see him do those rainbow three-pointers. Sure. I don't know if he could get all the shots off in a minute because he kind of has a slower wind-up. He's gonna. Sure. He's, the buzzer's gonna go off when he's halfway through the last rack. Um, there is one I player feel- who should definitely be in a three-point contest, though. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. But I do want to say real quick, Lamelo. I think they he's gonna get the invite to do something just because the league knows how big of a draw he is. Sure. So. And then who should be in the three-point contest besides LaMelo Ball? Terry Rozier. Put some respect on this man's name. He's 40% from the three-point line. He's edging on 45%. 45, just, yeah. Yeah. Like, this. that's what this man has been doing, is hitting three-pointers since he got to Charlotte. Um, I don't care. Put Steph Curry in. Put whoever to James Harden in if you want to. Put uh, help. Put Joe Ingles in. Sure. I mean, that's all that guy does is stand there and hit three pointers. So, but put Terry Rozier in here. He'll give it some attitude. He'll give it uh, some swagger. Terry Rozier should be in the three point contest, right? Oh, he absolutely should be in the uh, in three point shoot in three point contest. I don't know. Like I don't think there's very many players, if any, that are shooting threes with his volume and his accuracy. And I know, and I'm trying to pull up his stats from on the catch because I know last year he was one of the best catch and shoot players, and this year I can't imagine it's it has to be better this year than it was last year when he was one of the best players in the league at it. Joe Harris is at 500 at 50 percent three point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a uh, got quite the. Uh, a lot of people taking the weight off of him. Get some easy looks that Terry doesn't quite have. I love that you're talking him down. Put put, put Terry in the three point contest. Yes. Yeah, I, I will. I will talk down about other players if it if it means that talking up Terry. Uh, and and <laughs> Steph Curry guy under overrated. Yeah, <laughs> Steph Steph isn't isn't uh he's no Terry Rozier. Steph is fine, but he's no Terry Rozier. No, he's got Andrew Wiggins taking the pressure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anybody could shoot forty-five percent from three if they got to just dribble. If they got to handle the ball all the time, Terry's right. got to do it with, uh, you know, like Lamella Ball and Devonte Graham and Gordon Hayward sharing the ball handling duties. You know, harder to get into a rhythm. I am like, struggling they, to find it, but yeah, Terry's yeah. usually good, and he should be in the three-point contest. And he's played really well lately. And we, I want to talk about this, and this is kind of, I guess, where we'll rope it in. Terry Rozier, I think, it, kind of like we talked about earlier with P.T. Washington is a five. Terry Rozier is a two. Terry Rozier is not a point guard. When Terry Rozier plays point guard, it does not go well. The Hornets don't play well. He does not play as well. He is just a, like, he's a knockdown shooter. He's a pure scorer. He is a sniper. And that is what Terry Rozier does, and that is where he's best. And I there's and I think that's where we need to and that's why with his Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham stuff, like they're not the same player. Like Devontae Graham's a point guard, he's a floor general. Terry Rozier is a scorer, he's a bucket getter, and he's a sniper. Sure, and guess what the Hornets need is a bucket getter. Both he's a scorer. Yeah, I mean, like, let him cook on uh, as a shooting guard or whatever you want to call it in a positionless Mm -hmm. NBA. Like let him do what he does best instead of trying to pigeonhole him and making him be a better passer, a better floor general, when we have two players who can do that thing, you know? Yep. 
And yeah, if you let him do that, he'll score 35 points a game, you know? Not 35, but he, he can get there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I wanted to yeah get, kind of rope that in there with Terry Rozier. Um, so I think I think and I think all of those are realistic that the Hornets get one player in each of those events and maybe even all like the All Star game too. Gordon Hayward get kind of he kind of is slowed down a little bit. Um, but I think he has a valid case to be an All Star if especially if the league does what they did a couple years ago where the Heat were in the were like in the middle of the playoff race and they weren't really doing they didn't really have any like standout players so they're like well they have to have an all-star Gordon Drogic you're an all-star now so if they use that standard then Gordon Hayward's an all-star but um Miles Bridges definitely deserves to be the dunk contest Harris here definitely deserves to be in the three-point shootout and the the skills competition you don't nobody really deserves to be there it's just kind of fun and the mellow ball is like the epitome of fun right now so yeah let let Lamelo smile through the skills competition sure yeah and, and let, I'm we'll... sure he'll do something absurd and just because that's what he does. So yeah, and then not? we'll have a what what I regret, you know, let's go back to COVID nineteen for sure, is that <laughs> we're not gonna have the um the rookie sophomore game. Oh um, yeah. Which he would have dominated. Especially on the like, you know, on on national television. You know? Oh yeah. He lives for that. And well, at least next year he'll be a sophomore, so he'll still be able to play in it. True that. True that. So, um, mark your calendars for next February, the the two thousand the twenty twenty two rookie sophomore game, Lamelo Ball, and that atmosphere. I feel like he's I don't know he'll have fun with that. He's got some some clever things I'm sure he can do that he doesn't ever break out during real games that he would love to break out during an All Star game. Maybe he'll just be an All Star next year. He's trending that way. And let's let's just enjoy what we have, Jonathan. I've got a friend who's very excited about Lamelo Ball, and he said, "All I can think about is how we're going to lose him to a bigger market." And I wanted to be like, "Hey, man, let's not rain on the parade that we yeah. are in." You know, you like, <laughs> like let's just enjoy what we have. You know, and I will in some time write this article about how we're going to do the thing where we exalt somebody in the rookie <laughs> year, and then he's going to have some struggles in his sophomore year, and we're going to say he's not as good. Yeah, <clears throat> PJ. Um, <laughs> so you know, let's. I'd, I'd love for him to be an all star in his second year. I think he's trending that way. Let's not count any uh, chickens, eggs, all those things. Yeah. Okay. So, I, and it's something that I remember that we did. I think it's just a Charlotte fan base thing. I know that happened when Cam Newton was really good in his yeah. first year or two as a Panther, and it's like we can't have this nice thing. He's certainly going to leave us soon, and then we actually leave. So, yeah, uh, you're welcome, New England. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's not something to worry about. Um, like you said, just we'll enjoy Lamella Ball, which is very easy to do, and. Hopefully for as long as he plays basketball, he'll be as a Charlotte Hornet. But with that, uh, anything else you got you want to touch on real quick before we uh, wrap the show up? No, I know we didn't do our preview for the for the upcoming games. There's seven left on the schedule that we know about. Um, just give me Saturday night. I can't, you know, it's not like I'm going anywhere or anything like that. Let me watch <laughs> Steph Curry. You'd everybody be safe and healthy and everything like that. But can I please get a Warriors Hornets? Also, game that is the last home game before the All Star break. So, 
Yes, and if these games get played, it's not exactly an easy road with the Jazz, the Suns, the Warriors, and the Blazers in that seven-game stretch. Yep, all on the road. Yeah, so it's yeah. I would like that one last home game. Hopefully, get a win, get some momentum going into the uh, the to the journey out west. Excuse me. So, uh, but yeah, it's kind of hard to preview it when I say it. like like it, depending on how this COVID stuff shakes out, we have no idea which of those games will actually be played. Like the NBA has gotten to a point where they're now just like adding games to the schedule. Like on a whim. I don't know if you've seen that. But there's like, hey, yeah. hey, Pistons, Cavs, you're playing on Friday. Hope you're ready for it. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. But until next time, guys, I uh, hope you enjoy the show. And we'll see you guys probably next week. Peace out. <laughs>